So we're looking at Ezekiel, prisoners of hope. We're compelled to hope. We are prisoners to it. And so Chris uh, expounded that on the first week. Last week, if you were here, uh, the Lord spoke to us about um, deeds prompted by faith, that if we confess a faith in Christ, that it would express itself in works. And we looked at how new beginnings start with us moving in those works by faith. And we unpack the, the relationship between truth and faith that often we lack uh, trust, sorry, trust and faith, how often we lack trust in God. And if you did miss that, then of course you can catch up, and I'd encourage you to do so, vineyardchurch.co.uk or our our smart app. So as I round off um, the series this morning, and as I was seeking God, I asked the question, how do you want to end this, Lord? And, um, And I just felt the Lord prompt me that where last week we looked at new beginnings start with something that we start... I felt as if I wanted to talk on the flip side of that coin, which is that new beginnings often come when times when we stop old things. Yeah, new beginnings often come when we stop old things. And I know certainly in my life that I have experienced that, that a new beginning is waiting for me at the point at which I stop something. Now, what can that stop something be? Well, you know, I guess the obvious answer is sin, isn't it? Things that we do that we know is not what God's best for us. Things that fall short of the glory of God. You know? But equally, it could be other things. It could be things that are fine. You know? They're good. It's not sin necessarily. It's just that God says, that's it for that season. Why? Because God wants to make way for something better. You know, oftentimes, good is the enemy of even better, right? Because we get to a point where it's okay and we stop there. And God says, no, no, no. I want you to stop now doing that. I want you to move on to something new. And so, you know, sin, good things, I mean, as I speak, I, I suspect things might be coming to your mind, you know, it might be a, um, an attitude that you have about something, it might be a thought life that you know God's saying to stop, it might be some action, some habitual sin that God is saying, now is the time to stop this, maybe it's an anger issue, maybe it's unforgiveness, it could be many of those things, and this morning God is saying to you, I want you to stop. Now, I could have spent half an hour giving you a long list of things you need to stop, but you know, the truth is, I think we all know the things we need to stop. And I also have faith that as I speak, God is going to prompt you by his Holy Spirit and bring up to the surface of saying, you know what? It's time to stop that and to move on for new beginnings. And so therefore, what I want to do with this time is actually ask the question, why and how? Why we should stop these these things and then zone in and focus on how can we stop these things because it's easier said than done, isn't it? And here's the thing I want to say. (laughs) The answer, to be honest, in terms of how we stop isn't one which we would actually naturally warm to. The truth is, it's not the answer that we would actively seek And for many of us, it's not not something we would actually even agree with. It's not something that is pleasant to our ears, but it is one, nevertheless, that is the only way. You know, my heart for you this morning, as we go deep in this word, is that you would experience breakthrough, that you would experience liberty. What a beautiful testimony from Ruth, the peace that came as she moved in forgiveness. As she stopped that and she moved therefore into forgiveness, what came? The peace. The knowledge that her God is with her. 
And so as I preach this word, I do so with a heart aching for you all and for myself that we would walk in all of that. But it requires us to stop certain things. You know, I was reminded as I was preparing this, the, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Matthew 7, 13, 14, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But listen, small is the gate and what? Narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. This Christian thing that we do is a narrow path. You know, we, we had last year coming of age, didn't we? So on the basis of what we finished last year, therefore we've all come of age. It gives me the permission to go deep. So what's going to be our anchor text this morning? Turn with me. Luke 9, 23 to 24. We're going to hear the very words of Jesus here. And uh, turn, with you, turn with me if you will. Equally, we'll have it on the screen. Uh, you might have it on your smart device. Where are we? 9, 23, 24. Let me read this to us. If I can find it. Here we go. <clears throat> then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Wow, really? Now before we dive into that, I think we need to understand first who Jesus is addressing here, because I think it's really important. You know, at this point, Jesus in his ministry had a multitude following him wherever he went, right? Who did we have there? Well, we had some religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees following him, didn't they? You know, on the one hand, they were trying to demonstrate that they fulfilled the law, that everything that Christ said, well, we do that. And yet, and yet, on the other hand, and yet, on the other hand, they viewed Christ as an imposter, declaring a kingdom that they didn't recognize, and declaring a savior they did not want. Who else did we have there? We had other people following Jesus that came along just for the ride. You know, they had nothing better to do. Let's see what this Jesus chap is up to. I've heard from my Aunt Mavis that he does some very cool miracles. Let's see what's happening. Oh, and by the way, if you're lucky, you might get a free lunch. Seemingly out of nowhere, he has these baskets, you know. And so you've got a lot of these followers just coming along from the ride. And then there are those that had left things behind, that had sacrificed to follow Christ. You know, for them it was more than just watching. It was more than just coming along for the ride. It was much deeper than that. They recognized that in Christ, the end of themselves represented a new beginning of something altogether more wonderful, more joyous, more glorious, more praiseworthy than they had ever known thus far. And so it is amongst this setting, if you can picture it, amongst these different types of followers, that Jesus chooses this very moment to address the question of following head on. Whoever wants to be my disciple and follow me must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. You can imagine, what? he's saying we are following you we are here we are listening 
Isn't being a follower of you just about turning up and, and watching what you do and getting fed and receiving everything you have? I mean, we are. We're following you. High five. I mean, isn't this thing called Christianity all about you and your cross, Jesus? What are you talking about, my cross? It's your cross. You know, as Paul said, 1 Corinthians 1.23, the gospel is foolishness to the Gentiles and a stumbling block to the Jews. What does he mean? You know, to our modern age, this notion that we have, this notion of denying ourselves is not only foolishness, but it is utterly offensive, isn't it? A world where our supreme aim is inwardly focused on our enjoyment and happiness and fulfillment. Have you heard it? Where as long as you are happy, anything goes, just don't hurt anybody, it's fine, Jack. In a world, you see, where you don't recognize that there is a creator who has a set plan for things, who has created us for certain things, in this kind of world where the belief is that we are here by accident, and even if there is a God, we'll give you that one, he doesn't much mind what you do as long as you love everyone. Have you heard of that world? In this world, then of course anything goes, and in this world, denying yourself sounds utterly ridiculous. Foolish. But we know that isn't the truth, right? We have been created by design, by a loving creator God who made us for a purpose. A purpose which is outside of ourselves, where unless we walk in it daily, then we miss out what God has for us, and it is our best. You know, Rather than the lie that true enjoyment, and this is the lie of the enemy, and peace lives inwardly, the truth is you will only experience true peace and true joy and true fulfillment when you follow him and you take up your cross. But you know, I think so many would rather not hear this. Even in the church, it's true if you look at the church and you look at the gospel preached, because this, this message that I'm preaching this morning, this message that Christ declared is just too radical, too foolish, too offensive to ears. And so what do we do? We construct a gospel which is palatable, a Christ which doesn't offend. We turn up, we sing, we let God into the areas where we agree we need fixing, but other than that, we don't have to do a thing as long as we don't have to change. After all, Jesus, it's all about your cross, not mine. Let me put it like this. It's been said that when you first come to, to Christ, it's like we're a homeowner, right? Who recognizes that the taps are leaking and we've got water everywhere. The roof has got a hole in it and it's feeling cold and the front door is broken. So we say, Jesus, please come and fix me up. The taps are broken, the roof needs fixing and the door's broken. Please, Jesus. And that's good. You know, we recognize we need him, that only he alone can change us. And Jesus comes in and we feel his handiwork. And, we, and, and he installs new taps and cleans up the mess. And the roof is brand new and it's nice and warm again. And the front door's got a new lock on it. Thank you, Jesus. And we live life and we say, Jesus is good. And then after a while, Jesus says, um, hey, I, uh, I want to redecorate. What? I want to change the color in it. I like this color. I've had this color for a long time. I, I, I like this color a lot. I like this thing called unforgiveness. It's fine, actually. 
I like this anger thing is not really a big deal. I've got it under control, actually. I like this colour. You fixed the taps, the roof is fine, and the door's new. Leave me alone. That's obviously just me. Then Jesus says, I, I, I want to get rid of that room. I want to demolish it. What? I like that room. I've had that room for a very long time. This porn thing, it's fine. I've got it under control. And you, you know the latest stats so that everyone does it, so it's fine. I like this thing over here where I drink too much sometimes because it's only when I go to parties. Swearing's not a big deal. You fix the taps, we got a new roof, the door's fine, leave me alone. You fix me up. I'm following you. I come on Sunday, I sing some songs, I thank you for the new taps, and I thank you for the new roof, and I thank you for the new door, leave me alone. <clears throat> but here's the thing. If we were to allow God to rework us, to remodel us, to redevelop us, then we find that the paint he uses for that new color is in a hue that we have never seen, in a beautiful shade that we never knew imaginable that makes us go, wow, who knew? And the reason he wants to demolish that room is because he wants to build a bigger hall, a grander space of true liberty and freedom that we never knew possible. Wow, thank you. Why? Because he wants to conform us to the likeness of his son. You get this? But here is the important thing. We have a part to play in this redevelopment. Jesus has given us a choice. Take up your cross. Take it up. Make a choice. What do you want to do? Do you want to follow me or do you want to take up your cross? Wow, some meat there. But let's ask the question before we move on. What does self mean? What does Jesus mean when he says deny yourself? And um, <clears throat> this question of self, Paul uh, um, talks about it in Ephesians 4.22. He says, put off the old self which belongs to the former way of life. And you would have heard phrases like the old man, the flesh, the self. You know, and I think here is where some of the offense maybe and some of the confusion comes in when we hear this deny yourself. It's like, whoa. And you know, here's the thing, I think some of us are willing. You know, I paint that picture to, in an exaggeration to make a point, but there is many of us who do want to pick up the cross. We want to be conformed to the likeness of his son. We, we're up for picking up our cross, save for one thing. Uh, I won't be me anymore, will I? You know, I won't have fun, I'll, I'll become boring. All the things I really want to do, well, they're not sin, they're fine, God's gonna take it away, surely. I've had that in my life many times, but the opposite is true. You see, the old self here refers to the broken you, the fallen you. It refers to the sin-ravaged soul, life before Christ, you know, the result of the fall. This self refers to the soul which has enmity between God. This self refers to a life which is contrary to the will of God. It refers to the life which is dead in trespasses. That is what Paul is referring to. And this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, deny yourself, deny those fleshly desires. Romans 5.12, what does Paul have to say on the subject? When Adam sinned, sin actually entered the whole world. And Paul says many other times that you know, through, 
Through one man's sin entered, but through another man righteousness comes, Jesus. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. We are born into sin. Now, of course, you will correctly tell me that we are new in Christ Jesus, absolutely. We are a new creation, absolutely. But we know the flesh still tries to be gratified, Galatians 5.16. It still rides itself up. But we are called to walk in the spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. It is there. And so therefore, to deny ourselves means to deny our natural fleshly bent towards accumulating treasures here on earth. And instead, we should strive to make Christ our treasure. You know, we must deny our self-reliance and our tendency to think we can do it alone without God. Thank you very much. We must deny that fleshly desire to rely on our own abilities, our own logic. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, as we looked at last week, to trust in ourselves and not lean on him. That is that fleshly self coming up to the surface. We must deny things that seemingly feel good, but ultimately lead to destruction. And which we know, which we know deep down is not what God has for us. And ultimately, to deny ourselves is to deny our own will where it does not fall in line with the will of God. Wow, that sounds like a tall order, right? This denying oneself doesn't sound easy. And it's true. But save for one thing. Jesus says deny yourself and then he says this. Take up your cross. You see, without the cross... We're powerless to deny ourselves. We can only deny ourselves if we pick up the cross. Why? Because God has already made a way through the cross of Jesus. You see, denying oneself is not an exercise of the will alone. We tried that. You've got to read the Old Testament. It was an external law. But Jesus says in Ezekiel, what will he do? He will write the law on our hearts. That's why Jesus came, to fulfill the law, so that as we live through Christ and he lives in us, we can fulfill the law. Galatians 2.20, what does Paul say? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, this life here that you see me, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, let's be very, very clear. Paul was not speaking figuratively here. He wasn't creating a picture to illustrate something. He was being specific. I, Paul, was crucified on that cross with Jesus at that very moment. You see, we have union with Christ on the cross. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. Galatians 6.14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You see, that cross is not just Jesus' cross, that's our cross. The death of Christ on the cross was not only, listen, an atonement for sin, it was triumph over sin. Yes, we look to the cross because Jesus bore our sins, but we look to the cross because we were died on it too with Jesus. And by faith, we have union with Christ. That's what baptism's about, right? We die with Christ in the waters of baptism and we come up new. And so Jesus is saying, take up that cross. 
you know, how we forget. You know, we, we sometimes say, don't we, we, we cannot stop sinning, sinning. But we look up and we realize that the prison door has been opened. Our prison clothes have been replaced by white robes. And the shackles that bound us have fallen away. And the door's open. So let's walk in it. That's the triumph we have over sin. We have a choice. Before we were slaves to sin. Romans 6, 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you profess a faith in Christ, the new creation has come. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone, the new is here. See, our old self, when Jesus says, deny yourself, he's saying, deny that thing that was put up on that cross with me. Don't make a choice to pick it up again and walk in it. You see, we can have victory over sin. We can deny ourselves and make a choice. And let's be be real about this. It might actually hurt to deny yourself. It may be hard. We might experience loss. We might miss something. But what does Jesus say in Matthew 5? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You see, the end of ourselves, here's the thing I want to focus on. The end of ourselves is truly the beginning If you want a new beginning this year, you need to deny yourself. And that might sound paradoxical to this world, but the truth is, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That is how it works. We have been born into sin, yes, But Jesus died for us so that we would no longer be a slave to sin, but a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that brings us full circle. When Jesus addressed all these multitudes of followers, he said, you know what? Following me is not just about coming here and being fed. Following me isn't just about getting me to fix the taps and give you a new roof and fix the door. It's about you denying yourselves and taking up your cross. Do you want to take up your cross this morning? I'd like to invite the band. Are there things that I've been speaking that God is saying, you need to change that color? I'll help you. Are there things this morning that Jesus says, I want to get rid of that room. Stop hiding in there. It's not for you anymore. You need to deny yourself and pick up your cross. Is he saying to you, that garden you think is big, I've got something huge for you, but you need to stop going there. That comfort you seek from that person, you need to stop. That comfort you seek from someone else, you need to stop because I've got a new beginning. Do you want that new beginning this morning? I'd like us to stand. You know, the great thing is we've got a lot of time on our hands. Say a lot, we've got a bit of time on our hands. And you know, God says that he authenticates the word through signs and wonders. You can't preach a message like this and then just walk out and forget it because Jesus wants to minister to your hearts this morning. Do you believe that? Do you want to be changed this morning? Let's engage. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Come now, come now, Lord. Come now, come, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Open our eyes to those things that you want us to stop.
those things which are not right, those things that are blocking us from moving in those greater things, those things that don't honor you, those things that cause distress, those things that cause anguish, those things that we know are wrong. And Lord, forgive us where we have looked at the cross and said, yes, thank you that that's what you've done, but we failed to realize that you call us to die to ourselves too. Holy Spirit, would you just come now? Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Open our eyes, Jesus. Open our eyes. Come, Lord. No rushing away. We can just wait here. We've got time. Just engage with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ask the Lord, Lord, what things do you want me to deny myself? What things are you causing me to stop? Ask the Lord now. Holy Spirit, come. wonderful things for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. And you know, for some of you, this might be a time of repentance. Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me for thinking it's acceptable. Forgive me for not letting it go. If that's you, just engage with Lord now and just say, Lord, forgive me. Repentance means turning away from it and moving forward. And you see, here's the thing. The reason we can is that the life of Christ is in us. The more we deny ourselves, the more the power of Christ comes in us. Come, Lord, fill your people. You know, Jesus didn't say, I've come to teach you how to live. He says, I have come so that you may have life. I haven't come to teach you how to have life. I've come so that you may have life because the power of his life flows through us and I pray that now and for some of you you might have tried putting you know throwing this thing off you for, for a long time and you've just struggled with this and I'm going to pray for you now Lord would I pray for these people that have breakthrough those things in their lives that they've been unable to throw away Lord as they pick up their cross and die to that and make a, a choice would you come in now Lord and give them that strength they need would your life Jesus flow through them equip them Lord Would would you open their eyes to the fact that they are not shackled, their robes are white, and the prison door is open? Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No more bondage to sin. Walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Conform us to the likeness of your Son, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Let us worship him now.